and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Batman. Matt, what do people do? Ooh, I hate this. I'm so done with this bit. Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Matt. Preston. What are up to? Stuff. It's been now four weeks since we've recorded. Yeah. Technically. But three weeks since we've recorded, so... Yeah. Three weeks of stuff we've been doing. Yeah. You, you mentioned season three of I I Robot. Mr. Robot. I Robot. I am Robot. I, I'm aware. Bleep, bleep, bloop. I am a blurb. robot that is a satire on humanity, as we established last week. Yes. Just keep that little joke running a little bit there. Yep. We'll forget about it by next time. So there time. was an episode long, long take. There was an episode long, long take. Jesus. It's not a real one. I mean, there's a couple of like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The 1917 where you can you can see the cuts a little bit. Um, and but when the main or when the yeah. secondary guy like literally has a different stride between one side of a rock and the other. Yeah. That one really bothered me. Yeah. they. I mean, they do some of the classic where they're like they'll go into an elevator and they'll like go up against the wall for a moment as the camera's getting oh, into the yeah. elevator and it's like okay so yeah they, they cut right there um it was apparently shot on two different locations hmm. um but yeah let me let me just text you or to read out loud for the the folks at home here the the all caps text that i sent preston yes. after i watched this episode dude mr robot has a long tape long tape Dude, Mr. Robot has a long take episode and it's beautiful and wholly justified and I am literally shaking with giddiness right now. You did, in fact, send that to me and I immediately called the police because you have never called me dude. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what? Little did you know, I also robot. (laughs) (laughs) We robots. Yeah. So uh, season three picks up. It's really kind of an extension of season two. Um, and I think the problem is they gave themselves more to do in season two than they needed. Mm. And so they stop season two kind of halfway through and then pick it up in the first half of season three. Okay. And it all kind of builds up to a point And then the back half of that is fallout. Um, and the, uh, so it, it, it's a lot of like anticipation is building for this one big event that they've been mm-hmm. going towards. And it's a lot of different characters with different opinions about how things should be done and uh, what needs to happen and what's what's OK and um, get some moral questions and some practical questions. And it's, uh, it's so it's like an event that they know they're are they like about to do. Yeah. So certain characters are planning it. Certain characters are trying to stop it, mm. um, depending on which side they're on. Uh, some characters are doing a little of both um it's yeah and so um the the long take episode in question is not the event itself um but it is sort of a prelude to it and the tension has reached a a boiling point um and it is just a it's totally deserved by the story just because of the tension and the immediacy of everything that's going on with the characters. Um, and it's really easy story-wise just to set it in one location, um, and let everyone, they kind of play out two separate stories. Um, there's a point where they kind of intersect and then you break off into a second story. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's done. It's a long take and it is never a gimmick. It's it because the, the, let me take a step back here. Uh, the whole point of a long take is not just to show off, oh, look, we did all of this planning and made this one elegant long take scene. Um, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it can be very badly done, and that's all it is. Um, but it can also be a, a way to uh, capture a sense of tension and a sense of real-time things are happening. Yeah. Um, every time the camera cuts in a, in a TV show or a movie, it's a moment for your mind to mentally reset and reset itself in a frame. And you're used to, okay, I jump from a scene and I reorient myself into the new scene. And it's with a long take, you never get that moment of reset and you're constantly, you're carried along. It's, it's a little breathless, Mm -hmm. um, and an effective long take. Um, there's some really good ones in children of men, for example, um, there's the really good one in the battle of the bastards, the game of Thrones episode, yep. um, where it just, 
it it drags on and you're waiting for it to cut so you can reorient yourself but you're you're ramped along with the characters and you don't get that respite because they don't get their Mm -hmm. respite 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 uh daredevil has daredevil has one has fantastic one one pretty good one and i think there's one fine one in season three there's a really good one in season three there's a really good one in season where's the prison one season three let's see okay so that one was really good yeah yeah in the hallway scene yeah Mm. such a good scene Mm. yeah um, yeah, so a long take done effectively can be uh, really effective for tension. 1917 is a really good example of how to put that into practice. It's a very tense movie. A couple of soldiers making their way across no man's land in World War I uh, to deliver an important and time-sensitive mission. To deliver an you important and time-sensitive message. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, there we go. Got all the, the non-words out. Yeah. Um, Please say a non-word in the next sentence. Florble. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so it, it there's that tension of this is time sensitive and urgent and we're in danger throughout. And so yeah. by doing that as a long take, you convey that, that tension. You can't break out of it. And so in Mr. Robot, it's that same thing. It's like you're stuck in a situation that is rapidly spiraling out of control and you can't leave. You never get to cut out of it. Mm-hmm. And they do a really cool thing to set it up where they start training you with some like mini long takes earlier in the season. Mm. Um, they'll do just like little three or four minute ones. It's not a whole lot is happening. You're like, oh, OK, it's kind of cool to the point where you kind of turn off the part of your brain that notices, oh, hey, this is a long take. Mm. And you get like 15 minutes into the long take episode and you're like. They haven't cut once. Have, have they, they cut yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's so it. It's really good at they they almost hide how much they're using the the gimmick in order to maximize its uh, cinematographic effectiveness. And it's awesome. And the whole season, I mean, it's it it does a lot of really good things. It's much darker than the first two, which the first two are dark, like it's a grim, unpleasant show. And this one is like the blackest of black holes. It is um yeah just really horrifying they do not pull punches they're like yeah consequences Hmm. Uh, bad things are gonna happen to people you care about and we don't care there Hmm. there's very few moments at the very end they relent a little bit and it's kind of a light at the end of the tunnel Hmm. kind of moment but there's a lot of spots throughout where you're like this is entirely what the story has been leading towards, but I hate that it happened. Yeah. There's only three seasons. No, there's four. There's four. Yeah. So I've, I've gotten into season four a little bit. It's much more um, introspective and at the same time broader, which I think will be a good way to wrap it up mm-hmm. given some of the character stuff that happens throughout. Uh, but I'll discuss that more when I actually finish it. Yeah. No, it just, everything feels earned. It all feels like it's pointed in a particular direction. There's still one big underlying mystery that we keep getting little bits and pieces more about is he a robot i don't know at this point he might be (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna rule it out is a robot (laughs) i it 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 blows my mind because they're doing such a good set job setting it up oh wait is that actually the mystery i I don't think that it's as that he's a robot but is that like the thing that that isn't answered no oh there's a way to construe one of the things that i'm thinking about it uh that could plausibly have him be some sort of robot like thing it's really vague but i feel like i'll get into spoilers a little bit if i say more the whole world a simulation maybe is that the mystery i don't know it they they tell us so little that that's one of the things that possibly could be and it would be cool if it is i'm kind of rooting for that one honestly (laughs) there's not a lot of evidence to support it but there's not a lot of evidence to support time travel or parallel universes or any other sort of cool thing that they could do with it is it just like weird shit that's going on that is the mystery or like was the question asked early on and that hasn't been answered um it's not weird like supernatural stuff that's going on it's um one of the characters really wants 
to achieve something or build something that will be apparently world-breaking in some way. And we haven't revealed how it will be world-breaking or what it will change. Hmm. Okay. Um, but my my hope at this point, um, or my my leading theory is that it is the universe is a simulation and there are a couple of throwaway lines sort of like what if the universe is just a simulation yeah. but there's also some stuff about other things too so um but it's a simulation and they're gonna hack their own universe what if i looked it up right now i would probably throw something at you because <laughs> i am really enjoying just being led up to it and i'm sure it's gonna be a huge letdown when i get to I the knew end what it was but didn't tell you I feel like you should watch it for yourself. That's fair. You, you have this bad habit of spoiling things for I yourselves. Do. And I think you will really enjoy this one. Um, although we'll see how it ends. Yeah. I'm nearly halfway You're through season four. You're going to get to the end and be like, nope, don't watch any of it. It's entirely possible. We'll it's see. It's like that uh, Toy Story thing where it's like, uh, it's watching the Woody episode. And he's like, oh no, we got to play more episodes. He's like, I can't. It was canceled after this season. Eh. Like, it's like that whole, yeah. there's a, um, a recurring joke on tiktok about that that like you tell people when to stop watching things mm-hmm. and i keep seeing that with different stuff um mm-hmm. i saw one that was like with tick tick boom with the, the andrew garfield one uh, there's like a after a certain thing you just don't watch the rest of the movie because huh. it gets really sad uh, so it's, like, it's not usually like that. that it gets bad it's, that mm-hmm. it's just like oh don't okay. be sad uh, one thing this is a completely out of left field but um the black mirror episode the waldo moment is probably in the argument for my favorite episode if you turn it off the moment the credits start why because they intercut a little bit into the credits oh and, and it kind of undermines the whole thing oh. good to know yep anything else um i've been reading more lord of the rings i'm close enough to the end at this point that i'll just save my discussion for when i actually get to the end okay. uh still really good say that get get to reading so you can hear my thoughts about it and understand it when i finish it in a couple weeks here talking to you specifically i'm not even gonna finish my current task with reading by the time you finish that oh, let alone I, I know the nine books <laughs> i need to read before i try to start lord of the rings <laughs> um and then i watched and this was kind of interesting an interesting experience for me i watched yeah let's call it that uh alpha go the movie Al- what alpha go the movie what alpha go the movie an animated movie no it's a documentary ah. about alpha go what's alpha go that was the ai uh program that was the first computer to beat uh human the human world champion at go oh, let's go goes the board game with the black and white stones and you put them on the the grid and then if you surround them you can capture them all right, so it's some sort of tabletop game. Got it. Yeah, it's... Simple premise? Yeah, it is uh, older than chess and probably richer than chess. Um, it's The the culture is very much more in the Asian countries. Gotcha. Um, so there's not a lot of following in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some strong players and some people aware of it, of course. But um, the, the, the match that was played between uh, the world champion, Lee Sedol, and... Uh, the deep mind the alpha go program uh was watched by something like 60 to 80 million people worldwide hmm. um it was broadcast just like on the the big tv screens in in downtown mm-hmm. like shanghai or seoul or wherever it's a big deal in china and korea gotcha. um yeah a very interesting game that i feel like i don't want to get into because I feel like I'd be really interested in it and the amount of energy I could spend on it. I'd rather spend on just getting better at chess. But... Yeah. It's like me with uh, Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Not Final Fantasy. Fantasy football. Yeah. Completely different things. I was just going to roll with it, but... Arguably mutually exclusive fan bases. You might be surprised. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So, for one thing, just the documentary itself was really interesting to me because um i missed my moment 
in this universe because the first computer program to beat the human world champion at chess happened in like 2002. Oh, so I was six. Six, yeah. I sort of knew how to play chess. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't care. I didn't have any sense of the historicity of it. The 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 fact that this is a machine beating a human for the first time. Yeah, or not a machine beating a human. A machine machines are now definitely better than humans. Right. I I missed that moment, but I remember this moment with Go because five years ago, even people were saying. Computers might never beat people at Go. Mm -hmm. If they do, it might be two or three decades from now. We're just, we're not even close. And the problem is Go is much more complex than chess. Mm. Um, And there's just more possible decisions, more possible trees. Um, And it's harder, I think, to come up with useful heuristics. Um, in chess, you know, you've got all your different pieces and you can say, okay, well, the, the knight's worth about this much and the rook's worth about this yeah. much relative to a knight. And you can tell a computer those kinds of things and it can work with that. With Go, it's just you put your stone on the board and you try to capture territory. There's mm-hmm. no, there's fewer useful heuristics for yeah. who's doing well or whether a move is a good move. It's it, more complicated. Right. Um, and so what these researchers did is they trained an algorithm uh, using a whole bunch of master games to kind of give it a sort of a, a starting point. Mm-hmm. And then they had it just play millions of games against itself mm. and learn from each game. Um, and from that, they, they built That's it called up. called neural network. That's called the neural network. Yeah, neural net. I, I learned that. I, yeah. I knew that already. But um, yeah, I, I that was in the documentary. I'm going to watch that documentary. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Like It's free. What? What? Yeah. Oh, how long is it? hour and a half like literally i'm gonna watch this on sunday Mm -hmm. because this is my shit (laughs) yeah it's probably gonna be machine learning is like my like it's not my job Mm -hmm. i don't think i'm smart enough to ever break into that career which is ironic because you are apparently a machine that has learned to satirize the entirety of the human race why am i bringing this bit back again (laughs) this is a stupid bit done it (laughs) (laughs) yeah no um three times makes it a joke Makes it a uh, running joke. Yep. It's a running joke now. Um, yeah, it, it's probably going to be not deep enough on some of the interesting computer science oh, questions that you'd like. But it will. Have to, like, kind of uh, yeah, but it's a, I mean, it's a gripping movie in its own right. And it'll give you a, a good starting point for looking into some of these things. Yeah. Um, I already know. Like, I've learned how to do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I took a, okay. I know the basics of it mm-hmm. more than a vast majority of people even somewhat grasp the idea mm-hmm. <laughs> because I took a graduate level course on doing it. And that's mm-hmm. that, I, one of my, my, the final project for that class was predicting the top four uh, college football teams mm-hmm. based on pure statistics. And we did for that. I think it was 2019. Mm-hmm. We predicted, it's not predicting the top four, it's calculating the likelihood of of every given team being in the top four, top four mm-hmm. or being the champion, I think was what it was. Mm-hmm. And so like using that statistics will like give us like the top four, most probable of being right. number one. Right. And <laughs> that gave us the top four. Okay. So I did. I didn't yeah. use neural network cause that's not right. Useful for that. But. Right. But yeah, <laughs> thinking about that sort of thing. Yeah. And they, they say at one point that the program itself is fairly straightforward and simple. Yeah. You just teach it to play Go and then tell it to play against itself a bunch of times and you just need a lot of computing power. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the the movie itself is really gripping and it, it asks and um, answers but leaves open-ended enough questions about like uh, the machine versus human battle and what is intuition and how can the machine teach us about beautiful things and mm-hmm. um, learning from the machine and um it just it gets into some really interesting stuff and it's also it's just a really compelling story you know yeah. man versus machine um and they they set it up pretty well it's it's well done mm-hmm. on a more meta level i know nothing about documentaries i realized it's really fun cuz you and i we've watched a lot of movies we've thought about a lot of movies critically and mm-hmm. we we kind of it's it's hard to go in as sort of a blank slate i've seen like four documentaries in my life outside of school mm-hmm. 
I have no frame of reference for what a good documentary is. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah. So it was really fun to just be like, yeah, I liked this. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I can't really tell you why, but it was good. It's like cool. me with reading books. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I keep reading really good books. So I was just like, I like these books. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a bad book look like. Look, look, book looks, look, looks. Sorry, I keep spilling liquid on me. And so it's making my circuits go a little weird. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> um, Yeah. So AlphaGo. The movie. I sounded like the Techno Union guy when Dooku like tells him to shut up. Liberty. Techno Union. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Now I kind of want to go play Go a little bit, but also chess. Go fish. Yeah. Play Go fish. It's a lot. It's a lot more complicated than Go. Yeah, and it's also just to bring this into my chess world a little bit. It's been fun to watch them apply this same technology to chess because they. Mm-hmm trained a neural network on chess and then paired it up against the best existing chess computer and it shredded it pretty resoundingly it shredded the chess one yeah oh wow yeah <laughs> um there's some questions that i don't have enough background to adequately answer about the legitimacy of the format mm. um they didn't give the chess engine the existing engine stockfish it's a uh, usual opening book um and i think the uh time control was relatively short which ended up hint which would hinder the um stockfish because stockfish uses a much wider tree mm. whereas alpha zero which is the chess one uh, the ai one the neural net one um uses a smaller tree but it should make more intuitive decisions right. it should more quickly land on the correct move yep it's got less to try to sift through yep yep um yeah so that's that all right that's what I got. Okay. Oh, what have I done? So I'm going to start with the book that I read out of nowhere. Uh, and I told you about, mm-hmm. and I think I, I think you talked about it a little bit. Did I talk about it in the, on the podcast? Yep. Did I finish it before the podcast? Nope. Okay. So I read, uh, where the crawdads sing. Mm hmm. Which is the book that Kalen... Oh, that's right. I did talk about it because yep. I was talking about being against Kalen and I had the agreement. And I finished it. Cool. How is it? It's really good. Okay. I genuinely really enjoyed it. Um, I have very few issues with it. Okay. Um, Sounds like a fancy way of saying you got some issues with it. I don't. <laughs> you just said you had very few that's very that's, few. that's like, more than one honestly i have like they're super minor and i can't even really remember them at this point okay <laughs> that's a good sign um i don't know how to explain this without spoiling stuff so basically the themes blew me away and how it concludes the themes blew me away more so basically the point of the book is that it it follows Kira, Ki, Kaya, Kaya, K-Y-A, uh, from when she's five. Mm-hmm. That's the age she was. I think I ballparked a couple ages last time, but I know she's, she was five. Uh, up through when she's like 25. Okay. Um, and another plot line at this that during the time that she's 25 mm-hmm. and they converge obviously when she sure. gets up there um the plot line of the 1969 one is that a character shows up dead mm-hmm. and it's the um the sheriff's investigating this and so early on in her growing up in the her growing up story it introduces that character. Mm-hmm. And so it obviously like it it's not it's not trying to hide that she in the future is somehow t- tied to this murder right in some way and you don't know how. Um and so what it kind of does is it like the present day, I'll just call them the present day. The present day storyline, all the chapters are like a page, they're like two and a half pages, maybe three. Like not mm-hmm. they're just tiny little bit of like oh, we found this new element. And then like, it lets the backstory stuff like kind of elaborate on a little bit of like how that ties into her. Okay. Um, 
And so it kind of gives you a few theories early on about like how the murder happened, like possibly a murder. Like everyone's like, this is probably a murder. And they're like, it might be a suicide. Like, but like, there's a lot of things that like make it suspicious. Like Mm -hmm. from the beginning, it's like, there's no footsteps or no footprints in the mud. Like Mm -hmm. there's all this stuff. It's like really weird. Um, and they introduce a few theories and there's at one point where I basically went, there's this suspicion that if they do it, I'm going to hate it because I've seen it done and I didn't like it done in mm-hmm. the other thing that I'd seen it done. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you what it was? Nope. Cool. Cause I don't know if you're going to read it. If you do read it. I, I do intend to. to read it. Okay. I've had it recommended from enough people at this uh, point. I add me to that list. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you were the, the straw that broke the proverbial camel's. Awesome. We have back. the book. I can literally give it to you when, when I, please do when I, when, we, when I get home and drop you off at your car. Um, and then it does it. And I loved it. Like, okay. I, it just, I, it's so hard for me to say things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to leave it there. It like, it, it completely snapped my mind on that. Like, it was just like, I'm going to really hate if it does this. And then it did it. And I'm like, oh my God, that felt satisfying. Like it genuinely cool. expected it to not be satisfying. And it was actually satisfying. I like it. So there's that thing. The other themes, basically, there's kind of two themes that, like, are interwoven, and it's basically, um, one theme is Kaya's survival against every odds. Mm -hmm. Like, just, it's, from the beginning, almost her entire family leaves, except for her abusive father. Mm -hmm. She's out in the swamps and has no skills whatsoever. It's showing her just, like, learning how to survive. She starts, like, picking up tiny little things that she might be able to sell to a person. She can sell them for, like nickels but mm-hmm. that gives her a little bit for like this thing and then blah 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 and like all this stuff and she learns how to survive mm-hmm. uh and then there's also she's white um and it's interesting because it plays segregation mm-hmm. or discrimination on her even though she's white because she's like the marsh girl she lives out in the marsh mm-hmm. and so everyone that's in the city look down on her as being like this feral like uncivilized beast Mm -hmm. and she has friends like kind of friends people that look out for that are black Mm -hmm. and so there's like this whole theme of like discrimination and inherent inherent bias Mm -hmm. and it seems like it leaves one of those themes behind Mm -hmm. like it just kind of like it just lets it be a thing and then, like, really focuses in on the other theme mm-hmm. um, for things that I will not spoil. <laughs> for, like, the last third of the book, there's, like, a whole thing that's happening that is really focusing on that mm-hmm. one element. Um, until the last page, when it just, like, remember this other theme? Completely retroactively applies it to all that's happened. Uh. Like, and it was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and like i don't know it's just the very end like blew me away okay (laughs) um i really hope i left that as ambiguous as possible i think so uh because like in my mind i just spoiled everything because i know exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about you're just kind of making words over there it's just ah it was so good i i genuinely enjoyed it and i knew i would enjoy it um one thing I'll say, I was talking about this with one of my coworkers and he like looked up the synopsis of it and it comments on the romance of the story far too much for actually what's in the book. Mm. Yes, there's a little bit of romance, but Ooh. it is like, uh, it's not romance for romance's sake. Mm. It's because, okay, so she's five and then she's 25. Mm-hmm. What happens to a girl about halfway through that like and so it plays into that along with romance and just like along with her whole theme of like growing up and figuring it out not only just living Mm -hmm. but also now having to figure this out yeah and like all of that stuff and there's romance like tied into that but it's not a romance book Mm -hmm. it's darn i do love a good terrible (laughs) romance novel um there is some 
some smut. <laughs> yes. I'm here um, for it. But it, it's, it's like really tame and uh, like it. That's okay. I can always go read Game of Thrones if I need some, yes, some yeah. hard stuff. Yeah. The, the romance is intended to serve the broader themes rather okay. than just it being a romance and giving you like, it's not a romance book. Cool. Um, so that is something I have to go. I keep forgetting to go tell my coworker about that. It's just like, I mean, it's in there, but it's not a romance book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, genuinely really enjoyed it. Cool. Um, I'll say this when you read the book, there's poems kind of scattered throughout. <gasps> read them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Every time I came across, I just like skipped it. Like I was like, oh, I bet there's like some like you would probably connect more with like what the poem connects to the story at the moment. I don't know. I skipped the poems in Lord of the Rings. Right. Which I hate myself for doing that. But yeah, <laughs> I will say read those poems okay. and like and think about it a little bit, how it ties into the story. Okay. Because it's important okay. towards the end. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, what else have I done? Continuing playing Red Dead. That's just a thing. Cool. Started playing Witcher 3. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's coming out soon. Isn't it, it is coming out soon. Like next week or something. I don't know if it was related why I played it. Um, but basically. I hear that game's really good. It's so good. Honestly, I really love it. It hones in everything that the first two were doing. Um, homes in. Homes in. Yeah. Um, and so I don't really know i haven't didn't play that far into two i finished one and i don't recall there being a whole lot of completion stuff like it's just kind of it's an open open open-ish world you can go other places but like for the most part it's just a bunch it's side quests that's all you do and like Mm -hmm. the side quest will lead you to locations to do things and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um i don't really remember two doing uh I kind of, I kind of vaguely remember two doing that, um, but I didn't play very far into two mm-hmm. because I got in- interrupted every time I tried to play it. But three, um, what it does is like the map has a bunch of different locations that are like discoverable locations, mm-hmm. and like, which is just my thing for completionism. So mm-hmm. like in this area, there's like thirteen question marks, and I go to each one, and one of them's like maybe a. Um, a really challenging monster and like with with the monsters every single monster has things that it's weak to mm-hmm. so like uh specific oils that you put on your blade like i mean you yeah i think it's in the show too probably um and like certain spells or bombs that it's resi- it's i've uh, played pokemon i get it yeah yeah and so like it's uh, and I'm also playing it on one of the hardest difficulties, mm-hmm. which I rarely ever play a new game. Like I haven't played this game before. Mm-hmm. Rarely ever play a new game more than just like normal. Mm-hmm. But like, I knew that like this is it's the kind of the thing that I like. It's similar to the Souls thing where you have a big monster that you have to fight and it's going to be challenging. And like I mm-hmm. wanted that challenge. That's the satisfying part of it. Yeah. Is going out to this thing and you're like, oh my god, that thing is like four levels higher than me, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. uh especially where i'm at i believe it um like four levels higher than me the max or like the end game level is like 30 like mm-hmm. in the 30s so that's a big pre- percentage of your level yeah um but it's like okay so if i take these potions i put this on my blade i like uh then you choose which skills are active based on like you can activate mm-hmm. and deactivate skills and stuff like that you like strategize it makes it a lot easier there's a funny bit um, by uh, what's called v- Vita La Dirt League. Viva La Dirt League. Yeah. Uh, where it's just like, it's actually, it's a, it's the Witcher. And mm-hmm. you have this one guy, he's saying, you go, okay, so I need like, this oil and I take these potions and like this and blah, blah, blah. And then another guy goes, monster! And runs in and just starts hitting him <laughs> and then kills him. He's like, I did it! And he's just like, you didn't even prepare. Um... <laughs> And I feel like if I had played this on an easier difficulty, it would have been like that where I could mm-hmm. just like run in. But like every single time that I've stumbled into like some lair or like or nest or anything and I'm not 100% loaded up with like the right oil, the right potions, the right everything, full health, like ready to go, yep. I will die. <laughs> cool. And it's so much more satisfying that way because like I go in and I die and I'm like, God 
damn it. And then I reset. And then also it's a game where like it doesn't auto save very much. So I'm suddenly like 30 minutes back and I have to go do my tiny little things that I already did mm-hmm. and then run back up. And then I was like, okay, that's the meat. That's the beast that it is. I have to go into you have the bestiary mm-hmm. that like is your list of all the things you've encountered or read about. And you have to read what, what it is that you need to do to be effective against it. I've played Pokemon. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> Okay, that's what I do. And I run it, and I take her, and I still, like, almost die, mm-hmm. but, like, I kill him, and I, like, it is genuinely the, the dopamine. Serotonin. Yes. Which one is it? Dopatonin. The, huh? Dopatonin. Dopatonin melatonin. I suddenly want to go to sleep. I think dopamine is satisfaction. Serotonin is the general emotional equalizer doesn't matter it's satisfying i'm enjoying it i'm only level six and all of the quests i have are like way higher level than me so like i actually have to go and like and uh it's not like every region is specifically like oh you can be like this level and you'll Mm -hmm. do them all it's like i'll go to one thing and i'll fight off like level four drowners which are like super easy if i'm like prepare just even slightly Mm -hmm. put one oil on my thing and i win um and then go a hundred feet to the left, and there's suddenly like a level seventeen dragon, and I'm like, I'm coming back for you later. Backing away, backing <laughs> and so, away. So like, I have to like go find things. I'm just like, okay, like I, I think I can handle this, and I go at it a few times, and I get lucky. Like the fourth time I go at it, I'm like, cool, and then I go do a one quest that's my level, and then it's just like it's. When I'm playing on this difficulty, it's really satisfying. And, mm-hmm. like, it it doesn't feel like all the late, recent Assassin's Creed games where I, like, I do all the side quests of one area and suddenly I am, I can handle half the map mm-hmm. from the first mission or from the first region. Yeah. Um. So, I'm enjoying it. Uh, the other thing I'm doing is I'm reading, uh, so I finished the book. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm back into comics to read through my big stack of them. Cool. Right now I'm doing Superman Family. Cool. Uh, it's not really good. Mm-hmm. It's easily the worst at the New 52's god-awful, like, crossover yeah. stuff. We're like... So the first big crossover with Superman, Supergirl, and Superboy is... Hell on Earth. There's this guy, H apostrophe E-L. So, like, Kal-El. I remember him from the deck-building game. Yes! Um, he's this guy who claims to be a Kryptonian survivor and wants to bring Krypton back or whatever. I don't really remember the story. I've only read it, like, one time. Sounds like the plot of that movie. Kinda. Um, and, uh... I will say... I do remember the fact that he takes advantage... I just got to the point where i can read it because it's like Mm -hmm. it's in volume it's like issue 15 16 and 17 of superman superboy supergirl Mm -hmm. so it's like issue 15 of superman 15 superboy 15 supergirl yep 16 superman like that yep and you can't do it otherwise because it's not that they like tie in it's that that is a crossover and you have to read them in that order for the story to actually actually happen that's unpleasant because it's like oh they're talking and then suddenly you flip the page to like the next issue of Superman and they're like on the other side of the planet, there's this other character you don't know anything about and they don't even give you like a little bit of like synopsis of like, ah, I'm fighting this guy because blah, blah, blah. Like they don't even give you that. Yeah. Um, And so that's like in issue number 15. So like I was like reading Superman and I had to go through the bullshit of like putting little post-it note tags in them in my book to like mm-hmm. say go read this one next and then also have read this one first a little choose your own adventure go to page 42 <laughs> except i'm not getting to choose my own adventure i'm choosing my own misery yep. um so like i read superman got to the point read superboy and before i got to the point it has a crossover problem with teen titans oh lovely just what you need but luckily i've read teen titans more recently so i at least know what's happening okay. so i understand why he goes ah, i have to go fight them and then the next page all of the teen titans are completely unconscious new york city is decimated <laughs> like it's because he just fought the teen titans in teen titans mm-hmm. and so i'm just like all right at least know what's happening and then yeah. does it a couple more times and then there's like 
the calling, which is, it's like this whole Teen Titans thing crossover. And I know what happens. So like, mm-hmm. I understand why he's just like, ah, uh, I just got captured. And suddenly he's in a new uniform. They're like underground with like the Teen Titans, him, the Ravagers, the uh, bunch of people from the League of, or uh, the um, League of Superheroes mm-hmm. from the 3100s. Uh, and like, or the 31st century, sorry. Uh, and they're all fighting to the death. And not only are they fighting to the death, they were fighting to the death until they teamed up. And that's where we are. So not only is all of this weird, I also missed them teaming up. (laughs) It's just like, Jesus Christ. Uh. And then I got to that and then a red Supergirl. And here's what I will say about the one thing that I think I like going into this. Not about the setup of it. God awful, terrible way of handling issues, mm-hmm. money grabby bullshit. Um, theme wise, they made it from the beginning that Supergirl is like. So they, it's first issue is when she lands on mm-hmm. Earth, and she doesn't speak English. She's panicked by everything. She doesn't understand. Doesn't believe that Superman is actually like really Kryptonian because he claims to be her cousin who was a baby when she went to sleep and now she's awake and he's what like 30 yeah and so she's like i don't believe it he's speaking kryptonian but she comments that like it sounds like he's he learned kryptonian from a textbook so she's Mm -hmm. like he can't be kryptonian like natural kryptonian Mm -hmm. um and also like she fights this other villain who kind of like tries to take advantage of her and then also he she defeats him and then he shows back up speaking kryptonian like from a textbook and so Mm -hmm. that just kind of solidifies her doubt in uh. both Earth and also Superman. And what happens is Hell, a guy who wants to say everything, takes advantage of her doubt and mm-hmm. her want for, like, uh, her disbelief that Krypton is lost. Mm-hmm. And so kind of manipulates her into fighting Superboy and Superman. Also, she int- it introduces earlier, uh, he is a clone of superman and someone they don't know but they're i mean if you know anything about superboy it's superman and lex luther are his two genes um and so when she first interacts with him she understands he's a clone and on krypton there was a whole clone uprising by Mm -hmm. someone who looks a lot like him and so Ah. she immediately calls him an abomination and has this like hatred towards him i thought abomination was marvel it's a word (laughs) Do you know the word superhero is co- co-copywritten by uh, DC and Marvel? Interesting. That's why Incredibles uses supers. That's why, uh, uh, like, that's why every like superhero thing mm-hmm. uses some different word for superhero. They never refer to them as superheroes. Interesting. You yeah. just said it. I think we're going to get copyright oh, striked. No! <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I like that. Uh, okay so many if you look at a mirror at 3 a.m and say superhero five times then a patent lawyer shows up <laughs> it's probably gonna be marvel because yeah dc doesn't really care <laughs> um i like that they're introducing these themes of doubt and that it actually makes sense for her character to mm-hmm. be manipulated this way mm-hmm. uh, i don't like that she is 100 percent a plot device to be pitted against superman and superboy <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so that's where i'm at with that cool uh they're really not even that interesting stories um of course i just want to get through the new 52 so that's where i'm at with that all right anything else i've done i've watched things a lot of things uh i watched national lampoon's holiday vacation oh yeah which was classic classic first time i ever watched it Mm -hmm. it was fun enjoyed it um have you ever seen prep and landing no oh dude you got to i think it's on disney okay. it's like eight minute thing uh it's uh the premise is you have elves that go to every house and prepare the house for <laughs> santa and so like they go in uh they like they check the temperature of the milk and the cookies mm-hmm. they checked they have like a little thing that like scans for any creatures stirring <laughs> um they uh they put they uh use pressurized gas to open up the uh, or pressurized air to open up the um uh stockings 
so that it's mm-hmm. easy to put stuff in. They like they know what presents are going in, so they scan the tree and then they like trim the bottom of the tree to make sure the presents can fit nicely under it. <laughs> and then they go up and then they use like devices to create a landing strip for Santa. Uh, and then I they love set it. like a little bar or like a, a line that's like an aircraft carrier for it to like hook on, like the hook, whatever it's called. <laughs> like it's this whole thing. And it's really it. fun. Like just the idea of it is really fun. Yeah. And they do the whole thing, like the very beginning is just seeing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But then it follows this main guy and mm-hmm. like story ensues it's a lot of fun i i was not expecting to enjoy it kaylin has apparently watched it with her family every year since it came out which was like i think 2009 so it's been okay 12 13 years of watching this all right um but it, did you really enjoy it it's a fun thing sweet hop on disney plus and give it a watch for eight minutes sure will do um pretty sure i watched other what did i watch oh Oh, here's the other thing we got to talk about. Uh? Hawkeye. I haven't seen it. Really? Not a single episode. Not good. Oh, no. Story-wise, fine. Mm-hmm. Dude, the writing is so bad. Uh-oh. It seems like the acting, like, they're good actors, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's their second take. Oh, no. So they haven't, like, solidified really how they want those, like, interactions to play out. So it all feels, like, unnatural. And it's also bad writing. It's Uh. like Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen trying to pull off prequel writing. (laughs) Um, Editing is not good. There's one shot where, like, she picks up, like, she's uh, holding up a, a bottle to, like, above her head Mm -hmm. to, like, throw at something. And then someone shoots it. And it is the worst cut I've ever seen. It's worse than some YouTube video cuts. Okay. It just feels like this was a rush job. Mm-hmm. Like that they were like, oh, we got to film this and like got to cobble it together. And like it was like. Got to get it out before Christmas, right? Budget stuff and mm-hmm. like. Ugh. It's not fantastic. And also in the first episode, uh, there are two arrows let loose. Oh. And there are, and I'm counting. The number of arrow shots, which is when they shoot an arrow and then it follows it in some sort of even slightly slow motion to its target. Mm -hmm. They do it so much. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the the true way you can take joy in a Hawkeye show. (laughs) (laughs) Just following the arrows. I will say their interactions together Mm -hmm. are fun. Okay. Um. In the first episode, they're really trying to make you feel like, or make you love Hawkeye with his family. Mm. And it does not work. Like, we, already love, we already love him with his family. We it makes you not work. love them as much. No. It just feels so, it feels, it feels like Hawkeye has weekends once a month custody. Oh. <laughs> yikes he's like trying too hard to be their friend and like the mm-hmm. cool dad and yeah. it just like doesn't work. but it's like not the acting it's just the writing yeah it's um cinematography cinema cinematographically 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 uh dialogically diabolically and editingly it's a Eggly. pretty bad show cool Good to know. I'm still going to watch it. Plot-wise, it seems fun. All right. Um, there's a... The, and I'm not saying don't watch it, because mm-hmm. uh, they're definitely... Uh, there's a character that you only see their hand. Mm-hmm. But it's like, we know who that is. Mm-hmm. Like, the people who know anything know who that is. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're going to bring that character in all the way. Mm-hmm. you have any idea who it is? I think I saw... A- spoilery ah. youtube Who'd thing you see? kingpin yeah because it's well so it's also like it's not it's not that it's just like oh look it's hand theory it's also like so echo who's uh yes. one of the main villains for this one and also has a spinoff show mm-hmm. she's the adopted daughter of kingpin uh-huh. and there's one scene where it's like she's a kid and then this big man you can only see like the right side or like one side of him in his hand mm-hmm. like kind of put his hand puts his hand on his shoulder so like you're like Come on. Yeah. That's got to be him. Yeah. Uh, haven't seen anything of him since then. Okay. Um, but. I mean, I'm going to keep watching it. Sure. But uh, they also just, you've seen Black Widow, so you know that yeah. Elaine is showing up. Yep. 
Sweet. Anything else? Pretty sure there's other things, but uh, oh well. Cool. Shall we? We shall. Thanks everyone for listening. You can find this podcast on Spotify. I a single bit of my water. Terrible. I I I got the water this time. You did, and I didn't drink it because I know you poisoned it. Yeah, I did. Uh, you can find this you can find this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, iTunes, and wherever else po- fine podcasts are purveyed, with the exception of SoundCloud. Uh, we're nominally on Facebook. We're nominally on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod. We're nominally on Instagram at Just Us Losers Pod. And we're nominally on Gmail, JustUsLosersPod at gmail.com. Although I saw that someone sent us an email that said they have a way to get us to the top of Google's search engine algorithm. So I think we should uh, we oh, should look into that offer. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, look forward to next week. We'll be talking news. We'll be talking about the full Fantastic Beasts. I mean... Fartastic butts and the stankrets of Bumblebore. Bring that back. I'm not. I'm not buying into it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally wrote that in my notes. <laughs> uh, that actually be like a really good movie. I don't think it's going to happen. I would be utterly shocked. Which one do you think is more likely to be a, a actually surprisingly fantastic movie? Uh, Shitty Beasts or Pirates of the Oof? Pirates of the Oof. Right. If only I hope because it's that one. If only because Margot Robbie. Is she in that? Yeah. We have information about that movie. Yeah. We've talked about this. Have we? Hope so. Yeah. Look, you're my external memory bank. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember anything. <laughs> you're the robot. You're supposed to have all that stuff stored I'm up. Not a good robot. I know. Satire. Satire. Yep. Uh yeah, so so check out that coming soon. Um we'll be coming back at you with some thoughts when I'm more caught up on Hawkeye and we'll probably talk about Spider-Man next time. Yeah. We got to think That's about this week, isn't it? No, it's one on the 22nd. Yeah, but we still got to think about when we're going to go see it. After the holidays. Okay. I'm We'll talk about it after the We'll talk about it after the thing. Once I hit stop recording. Okay. Uh, that's probably all I got. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.